Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issues of climate change. I'm Gao Junya. The world's top environmental decision-making body has concluded its annual meeting in Nairobi, Kenya. The sixth session of the United Nations Environment Assembly focused on nearly 20 resolutions, ranging from halting desertification to ending biodiversity loss. Delegations called for collective efforts to address the crisis affecting our planet. The point is, the only way we can solve some of these problems is by talking together, and talking together is what multilateralism is. On today's program, we look at the achievements at the latest session of the United Nations Environment Assembly and examine the challenges ahead of us. The sixth session of the UN Environment Assembly was held in Nairobi, Kenya, this week. Over 5,000 representatives from around the world attended the event, discussing some of the most pressing challenges concerning Earth. The United Nations says the assembly comes at a critical time, as 2023 was the hottest year on record. One million species are heading towards extinction, and pollution remains a leading cause of premature death globally. For more, I spoke with Francis Mutalaki, a journalist with Kenya's Citizen TV. So, what are the key issues addressed at the sixth session of the United Nations Environment Assembly? Well,、uh, thank you so much for having me. And、uh, there are quite a number of issues that have been discussed so far, mainly from the UN Sustainable Goals (SDGs), and、uh, this happens at a time whereby. Everyone is talking about the environment, and、uh, some of the issues that、uh, have been uh, uh, spoken about, especially by the president、uh, Leila Benari, who also talked about the issue of、uh, energy transition and、uh, sustainable development, giving examples like countries in Morocco, and that the need to for countries to look for existing and to move away from the crisis and to have more. Actionable ambitions to save our planet. So that is one of the issues. But more so, the 19 pressing envi- environmental issues at the、uh, at this world largest environmental gathering are some of the key highlights that I've been able to pick, and especially from leaders across、uh, different countries who are attending、uh, this year's conference. And、um, lastly, also the plenary. Discuss about the crisis on climate change, nature and biodiversity,、mm-hmm. as well as pollution and waste management. Given that this meeting has a special focus on multi,、um, multilateral environmental agreements that、uh, member states have agreed to help in tackling some of the old triple、uh, plenary crises. Mm. Yeah, Francis, you're there in Nairobi and covering the event. So so far, what events have you attended and covered there? Which discussions have captivated your interest the most?、Um, I've been able to attend、uh, a number of sessions, but basically on climate change and nature. That is what has、uh, caught my eye because、mm. uh, I, I want to relate it with what is happening in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've had、uh, a lot of issues about、uh, climate change, especially the amount of rainfall that we used to get 
has significantly reduced, especially in the parts of northern Kenya. And also currently, the temperatures in the capital city of Kenya, Nairobi, mm. Mombasa, it's, it's a little bit hot. And the weatherman here also gave a signal that, you know, between now and 15th of March, it's going to be hot in, distance, in many parts of the country, which we are not used to. And then two has to do with the, the use of plastics, because uh, as we continue this discussion, continue this uh, conference, you realize that uh, the East African continent and African continent, the use of plastics is heavily used. And as a continent, as a country, I think we need this kind of discussions to understand, to raise more awareness so that uh, our people, Kenyans, and basically the people from Africa and other people from the planet can be able to appreciate that we need to move away from the plastic. So these two conversations between climate change and what is happening on the ground and to be specific, uh, the use of plastics, because most of our marine ecosystem has been destroyed because of the use of uh, plastics. Fishermen are not having enough uh, products or the catch because of the use of plastics. And also, you know, sea creatures like turtles are rarely seen. So we need to conserve this environment. We need this kind of conversation. So it has come timely so that we can be able to discuss and Kenyans, and basically people from this uh, part planet can be able now to appreciate what is happening and need to be taken. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that, um, Francis, you mentioned the use of plastic. Uh, some interesting fact I got from the internet that the gavel that was used to announce the opening of the United Nations Environmental Assembly, actually, it was made from recycled plastic bottle caps plugged from a Nairobi landfill. So yeah, I think that's something meaningful they've been doing to try to, let's say, pioneer or set example to protect our planet and to deal with environment issues we've been facing. And also, you know, on this note, can you share with us any memorable stories or experiences you've had at the event? What aspect of the event impressed you the most? Yes, apart from what you just mentioned, uh, the matter to, matter to do with plastics, and uh, there are quite a number of examples also have been uh, have been uh, discussed. One has to do with the, the number of fishermen who are now structuring their boats using plastics as a way of sending that message that we don't need plastics along the coastal beaches of Kenya, along the Indian Ocean. So that is one thing that uh, really caught my eye, mm-hmm. that even fishermen fisher folks, people who work around the, uh, the, 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 the Indian Ocean are beginning to participate, are beginning to appreciate uh, these efforts. And there was another boat that uh, came from uh, Zanzibar mm. and it made it all the way to the Indian Ocean to Lamu. Those are some of the stories that have been able to be put forward here so that uh, people across the world who have converged here can be able to send that message that it can be done, it should be done, this is the time to do it. Apart from that also, looking at how Nairobi is, you would see that uh, in terms of the climate change and the efforts that have been made, issues to do with plastics on the ground. Many initiatives have been done by the Kenyan government to make sure that the message is home and also visiting the old story. You remember the letter Wangari Madai, who decided that uh, environmental is the way to go. He is a Nobel Prize winner, 
and his name to be mentioned time and again, also reminding Kenyans, reminding the world that yes, she might have gone, but the effort that he has made, we should not use it. And also leaders from the UNEP, leaders across Africa, across the planet, visiting the Karura forest as a way of uh, communicating to the world that this is what we need to do. And many areas that maybe need some improvement, being able to be spoken about, to be uh, talked about on measures that have been done. And more importantly, we have our first national tree planting day. We're now, we've planted around this year over 3 million trees are some of the captivating issues that also caught my eye today. Mm. Yeah, Francis, you've mentioned the climate challenges Kenya has been facing and also, like, like you said, the tree planting, you know, the actions that's been being taken so far. So that's quite positive. Still, I'd like to know more as a Kenyan, how have you personally experienced the impact of climate change there? What environmental and climate issues concern you the most? My concern with climate change has to do with the, the, the change of weather patterns. For example, people in Nairobi, Mombasa, and the coastal line, the weather patterns have really changed. And two, out of the climate change and the effects that come with it, we found that uh, even the produce that the farmers used to get in their villages has shrinked per se. Thirdly, we have to do with the, the initiatives that are being done. I feel my concern that all parties, all stakeholders need to join hands together and uh, raise more awareness. Yes, there's something that is... Uh, being done, but I feel we need to do more, we need to talk more, we need to converse more about climate change because not so many people would understand and appreciate the essence of having a better climate, a clean environment, a more robust one. And for Africa, the conversation now should be moving out of fossil fuels uh, and the use of, uh, you know, the old way of doing things. Mm. Uh, because I had the chance to be in China and I've seen the electric cars, I've seen a number of uh, initiatives that are being done, planting trees along the road. These are the initiatives that as Africa we need to take up. We need to learn from the world's best and more so to implement it so that we can move with the world. That is an area that I think as Africa, as Kenya, these are some of the ratification and more so also Africa as a continent and those countries that are less affected have been demanding for some uh, funding to be able to reach these ideas to the different parts of the country. I think as a world, this conversation needs to be put in place so that those developing countries, maybe they don't have the financial capacity, can be assisted to be at the same level with the developed countries. Actually, I was going to ask you, you know, how those challenges are going to be tackled in your opinion, but you've already given us the answer. So, yes, we need to take actions. Yes, we need to walk the talk, actually. And in your opinion, how significant is the sixth session of the United Nations Environment Assembly to global environment and climate efforts? This meeting is very significant, and it happens at a time whereby Africa is beginning to pick and to understand the essence of uh, climate change, the effects are with us. We cannot uh, hide ourselves that uh, things are, are okay. 
And it's significant because it comes at a time whereby the effects every person in this planet can appreciate that the climate has changed. What used to be 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it doesn't happen at this moment. The kind of rainfall that we used to get as a country has reduced drastically. If action is not taken right from planting trees, right from protecting our forest and issues to do with conserving our environment, then we'll be heading the wrong direction. So I believe this conversation now, it lays the base for now implementation of various of uh, ratifications of, of the agreements that will be made at the end of this conference to make sure that the action points that have been discussed have been achieved. So to me, this conference is very significant. It's going to get the base of Africa, the base for Kenya, the base of countries that are attending uh, to understand, appreciate, and also more so to have an action plan on how to deliver this goal so that as our continent, as a planet, and that as a world, we are moving together in this conversation because one country cannot achieve it. Mm. China can do it, and if Kenya is not doing it, then all the, 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 the goodies that come with the, with the actions that have been done will not be achieved. So I believe the more than 180 countries that are here, delegates are here, are going to take this thing to a much bigger step which is going to be beneficial to the world. And maybe the fruits of this conference can be realized in the next five, ten years to come. Mm, yes, the international society in different countries definitely has their responsibility to do it. And also when it comes to individuals like us, we also have our responsibility and actions to take. And have you noticed or engaged in any initiatives or practices that are contributing bit by bit, let's say, to improving the environment of our planet? Yes, personally, I have been doing it because I appreciate what is there. One, in my home, I've made an initiative to plant trees so that I can be able to live in a convenient environment. I breathe some good fresh air. And more importantly, I have been participating in different forums that have been uh, announced and are being government are driven by the government. For example, as I told you, we have our national, national uh, day for planting trees. And uh, this year, we did participate. I was part of the team that participated. And me as a journalist, my work is to raise awareness. I have been doing a couple of stories about the environment, especially in Nairobi, Kenya, and to be specific along the coastal land, because that is where I come from. That is where I was born. So I feel when the mangroves that uh, are along the Indian Ocean are no longer there, then it's, it's a concern to me. And I have planted uh, at least uh, 50 mangroves with my friends. And uh, we have this initiative. Once in a month, we have to go to the Indian Ocean and plant some and come back. I feel that uh, we are moving the right direction. The initiative is getting to where it is supposed to be. And I believe moving forward in more and more of my friends so that the ultimate goal of conserving the environment can be achieved. Mm, thank you so much, Francis. It's so inspiring. And keep up with that. And I'd like to know more about your story of planting mangroves in the future in our program. You're welcome anytime. That was Francis Mutalaki, a journalist with Kenya's Citizen TV. Discover the realities and responses to our changing climate with Climate Watch. 
uncover critical issues such as the Maasai Mara's disrupted wildebeest migration and the drop in the Panama Canal's water levels. Delve into solutions for a sustainable future. Tune in to Climate Watch on your favorite podcast platform. Become more eco-conscious and take action to protect our planet. Now let's follow Tianyu for the latest climate developments around the world. China says the country's carbon emissions trading market has become the largest in the world, covering more than 2,200 key emitters with annual carbon dioxide emissions of 5.1 billion tons. A Chinese scientific expedition team plans to drill into a subglacial lake buried over 3,600 meters beneath the icy cap in Antarctica. Zambia has declared a national state of disaster and emergency to enable a rapid response to a prolonged drought, which threatens national food security and electricity shortages. Australia is forecasting a warmer autumn following its third hottest summer on record. Researchers say the current El Nino weather pattern has peaked and will likely end around April. The WHO says the unfolding climate emergencies combined with pollution and habitat loss have worsened disease burdens, especially in the global south. That's all we have for this episode of Climate Watch. To listen to it again and to catch up on our previous episodes, you can search Climate Watch on major podcast platforms. You can also visit our website, radio.cgtn.com. You can also contact us with email, radio.cgtn.com. Climate Watch is a weekly podcast brought to you by CGTN Radio. I'm Gao Junya. Thank you for listening.